Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and we appreciate you joining us here today as we get ready to preview the Titans matchup on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. We got a rematch from last year's AFC Divisional Round matchup in the playoffs at which the Titans pulled off a real stunner and came out victorious, which ended up allowing them to head to the AFC Championship game, which is a game we hope that the Titans are able to get back to this year. Things have been looking a little shaky as of late, but we'll get into all of that here in just a minute. But before we dive in, I want to ask, do you believe? And the NFL season is in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And Denard. Glad to have you back, man. As we look to the Titans, it's been a little bit of a rough stretch the last few weeks. Hopefully looking to get things back on track against the Ravens. Just going into this game, what are you feeling? Just give me your general thoughts on how Tennessee Titans football is going in the moment. Well, let me just say this. I think it's going excellent. I know a lot of people out there said, Denar, what are you talking about? Didn't you not see the way that we lost last week? Listen. This is a team right now. They still can be right in the thick of things. They're six and three. They're second in a division. So right now, listen, you're in the meat and the potatoes part of the schedule. It's going to be a tough stretch, not only for you, but for every other team out there. There's a lot of teams that's still in the hunt. So again, this is the time of year where you got to go get it. This is where teams actually start to separate themselves and they start to make that push for a playoff spot. So again, this team still is right where they want to be, and I don't see no reason why when it's all said and done, they still can be right in the playoffs when this is all said and done. I'm with you that they can be right there, but I, I will go against your your opinion as to, I guess, feeling great about where things currently are. I, I don't know if you watched the Chicago Bears play the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football the other night. Chicago, offensively, they are just not good, so I'm not feeling as good about that win as I was last week whenever I saw the Titans defense step up. And I, I saw some glimmers of hope for the Titans defense this past week against the Colts. I know that special teams was the real reason that things started to unravel there. Like I said, I, I, I'm not wanting to hit the panic button, but I do think having lost three of your last four does start to have some room for concern. And so I, I will say on Sunday Night Football, just talking about primetime games going from the Titans on Thursday night to the Colts to the Baltimore Ravens playing the New England Patriots on Sunday night and then the Bears playing the Vikings on Monday night. The Ravens, they really struggled against New England. Now, I know it's Bill Belichick that off, that his defense can really show some things to make it difficult for other teams. They did play in a hurricane. I know it wasn't actually a hurricane. It looked like a hurricane. So that probably limited, no, I won't say probably, it definitely limited what the Ravens are able to do from an offensive standpoint. Now, we know that this team likes to run the ball. They like to set the tone with their running backs. When you're looking at what you start at, at quarterback with Lamar Jackson, you got Gus Edwards, the rookie J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. 
Mark Ingram, I'm not 100% sure on his status for this game, but when you look at how they like to set the tone, they have a lot of similarities to the Titans. Whenever it comes to stopping them as, as a defensive guy, what do you think the Titans are looking to do? Because we have seen some struggles on defense as of late. How are the Titans going to approach this game coming up? Listen, Davey, so anyway, when I was doing a three, I did a three-game breakdown. And as a defensive player, I put myself in a coach's shoes. And I'm saying, what is it that we have to do to win this game on our defensive side of the ball? So it's very easy. It's not hard. Okay, this team, Baltimore Ravens, they pride themselves on being physical. Okay, the bottom line is this. In their three losses, okay, when they lost to New England and when they lost to Pittsburgh, both teams had something in common when going against this offense, going against that offense. What do you think it was, D? I mean, physicality from their side and really strong defenses. Really strong defenses. What happened was New England and Pittsburgh absolutely got after that Baltimore line. They absolutely got after that line. And let me tell you something. When you're playing against a player like Lamar Jackson and that pocket starts to collapse, he gets very uncomfortable in that pocket. Unlike Russell, both can run. We know that. But one of the things you're starting to see about, you're starting to see in Lamar, he's trying to stay in the pocket a little bit more before he takes off. So what happened was, if you look at that Pittsburgh game, Pittsburgh front guys, Cam Hayward, those guys basically dismantle this offensive line for Baltimore. I counted about at least 20 times where literally Lamar was basically what we call pass the ball, which means that when you start that, that pocket is starting to collapse, quarterbacks get very uncomfortable to the point where they don't know really where to go or what to do. They're just trying not to get hit. And that's exactly the way Tennessee played last year in, in the divisional playoff game. They got after this offensive line. If they win up front, this is the way they're going to win. It's, this game is going to come down to our defensive front versus their offensive line. Can Jadavion Clowney, can he win his matchup against Orlando Brown? Can Jeffrey Simmons go against Bradley Bozeman? Can he win that matchup? If they win that matchup on our defensive side of the ball, the Titans will win this game. If not, then they will not have a chance uh, to come out with a victory Sunday. Denard, I want to ask you this question because I've had a lot of people reach out to me, and this is something that I've, I've kind of wondered myself because you mentioned that game last year, and throughout the playoffs up until really you had to play the Kansas City Chiefs, I thought the defense did a great job of keeping our opponents' offenses in check. And I thought a lot of that, one, I mean, your players were executing, don't get me wrong, but it just seemed as though Dean Pease was drawing up schemes to where you had your guys in the correct position and it just worked in your favor. Right now, when you look at this Titans defense, they're not playing anywhere near the level that we saw last year. And we've talked about it at times, but how how much of the Titans' woes on the defensive side of the ball do you think are due to a lack of having Dean Pease out there? And should the Titans, I mean, I know it's kind of late and maybe it's not an answer for this year, but go and try to find another Dean Pease to head up the Titans' defense. Yeah, well, that's huge. Like I said before, because you got a uh, a lot of different coaches now that are they got their input right now as far as the play caller. We know Mike Vrabel basically right now is kind of taking over the responsibility of of trying to call plays, trying to call defense as well as trying to coach the team. As you know, 
And so, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. That's why it's so imperative that you find a good defensive coordinator so he can specifically just focus on the defensive side of the ball and the calls. We haven't seen this unit really generate a lot of pressure in the last few weeks. And that's what it's going to take, just out-scheming this team. But the bottom line is this, is that this game is just going to come down on our front. They have got to stay in their lanes, which means that when you're going up, if you're able to collapse the pockets, you make sure you know you, you stay in your lanes or your gaps because what Lamar is looking for is a crease, and then he'll take off. And next thing you know, he's 20 to 30 yards down the field, and that's what you don't want as a defense because that actually is demoralizing to a unit. So the way that this team last year, the way that they played, I mean, they put Baltimore last year in a bunch of fourth and short, and they stopped them. And every time that they stopped them, it ended up generating for uh, points for Tennessee when the offense is when the offense basically came in the game. So this is what you got to do so you can galvanize a unit. This is a team that's got to get going on the defensive side of the ball, especially our D line. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons has showed up, you know, but everybody's saying, "Hey, listen, where's Jadavion? You know, where is Jadavion Clowney right now? We haven't heard nothing about him, even when he's in the game." He hasn't been as disruptive as we would like. Where's the sacks? We've gotten a lot of uh, production out of Harold, but where's Jadavion? You know, this was the guy that everybody was saying might be the X factor in getting his team over the hump and down to Raymond James Stadium down in Tampa, Florida, when it comes time for the Super Bowl. And we haven't we haven't seen that yet. So that's the biggest question. This game is when will Jadavion? When will the real Jadavion Clowney stand up? And if we get great production out of him, then guess what? Man, this might be, I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But we've got to get some production out of Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, it's it's one of those things to where obviously, I mean, he was wanting a lot of money coming in, still paying him around $12.5 for this one-year deal. I do believe that he has been disruptive over the last few weeks here and there. It's not been consistent, and it's definitely not shown up on the stat sheet. But uh, one of the things I was I was looking at not too long ago was just the amount of time quarterbacks that are playing the Titans, how quick they get their ball the ball out of their hands, and that's I thought at least in my opinion that's really caused some disruption and some difficult issues for the Titans to have to overcome. Do you think a lot of that getting the ball out of their hands real quickly is? the opposing team trying to take advantage of the Titans secondary, like their corners in particular? No, not really, because you see a lot of teams, they're running what we call like a fast-paced hurry-up offense, which means it's a lot of short dink and dunk throws. We saw last week against Indy, you know, Phillip really didn't have any explosive or 50-50 balls where he got behind the defense. He was just throwing everything what the defense was giving him. Basically, a lot of underneath route, crossing routes. We saw him really try to implement Michael Pittman in the game very early. And he made a lot of plays. But you saw, you know, just a lot of different um, a lot of different play callings, you know. And what you try to do is to keep a defense, defensive unit, you try to keep them guys off balance. And they did a good job last week. And Frank Reich, he's a great play caller. We saw last week he was basically getting his receivers, little five yards, seven yards, hitch, slants a lot of crossing routes, but he was, that's called tempo. And when you create tempo, it keeps the defense second guessing sometimes. And that's what you want. So what they got to do basically on the defensive side of the ball is basically stick with your calls, play your defense, and don't be afraid to give give underneath, 
let them have their underneath throws and just tackle them. We see any defense play well like that. That's one of the reasons that they're in the top five in defenses is that they may give up a lot of yards, but they don't give up a lot of what we call explosive plays or 50-50 balls that get you beat. And so what they do is they do a good job at rallying and just making the tackle. And that's what you do. That's not going to get you beat. That's not what lost in the game last week. 14 points, you can contribute to special teams. I'd say so, 17. You know, yeah, okay, 17 points. So what you want to do is keep that same mentality. That's not going to kill you. You actually want that as a defense. Let them throw the underneath routes. We'll catch it. You know, let them do the little wide receiver screens, the little running back screens, the jet sweeps. That's not going to get you beat. Just tackle the guy. If they get three to four yards, that's not going to kill you. So, again, that's that's nothing. Offensive coordinators basically just try to keep the defense. They just try to keep – they don't want them to create any balance because once you keep create balance, then that's where you really gain momentum and you start to understand what the offenses are trying to do. Yeah, the – as it, as it relates to, I guess, some of the pieces we'll be able to use on defense, man. Like, so Adori, we mentioned it last week. He did get activated from IR onto the 53 man roster, but he obviously wasn't able to play against the Colts last Thursday. I'm hopeful he will be able to go. I still like it's one of those things like I'm just waiting till I actually see him out on the field before I, I feel really good. Um, David Long, inside linebacker, he was placed on the COVID list, first player placed on the COVID list since we really had the outbreak. That happened, um, he was placed on that list on Monday. But I guess with the Colts, like obviously the biggest issue was special teams. I mean, the, the Titans, one of the things we'd been really frustrated with was just how they've played on third downs. And against the Colts, we were 4 of 12 in stopping the Colts on third down conversions. But for them, they were 3 of 5 on fourth down. So uh, they were able, them and Frank Reich, able to continue to try to be aggressive with it. Now, Denar, we kind of mentioned the special teams, how that really did cost you the game ultimately. That and you didn't score any points in the second half. The Titans on Tuesday decided to release Ryan Allen, the punter right. who did really well against Chicago. I don't understand that move. Trevor Daniel is still on the roster. Uh, I, I saw John Glennon, longtime beat writer for for the Titans saying that they're hopeful to sign Ryan Allen back to the practice squad and then have him battle it out with Trevor Daniel to see who gets that nod for punter this week. The shank, I purely put on Trevor Daniel. That's Trevor Daniels. The block, bad protection. Bad um, protection. So you had that. Do you, do you want to say something on yeah, that? Yeah, you know what? <clears throat> so anyway, I said 14, you said 17. I don't necessarily count the 44-yard field goal that he missed in the fourth quarter as the reason that they lost the game. The reason that I go 14 points. So what the reason that I said 14 points, because I was going to talk about this last week. I mean, the other day um, in our podcast, but if you look at the third quarter, that's really where the tide has shifted in that game. It, what happened was that the Titans was 13, 17, it was like nine fifty five, And what happened was, is it was number one, the shank punt. Okay. And when, when he, when, they sh when he shanked the punt, he ends up punting like 10 yards. So basically Indy got the ball within the red zone, 30 yard line. So basically they were going to get three points. So again, they, plus they got seven. And then when they got the offense actually sputtered because they didn't get basically wasn't able to convert on third down. So now you got a punt again. Then after that, they end up blocking the punt, which when they block the punt, they end up getting another seven. So that was 14 points in probably in about an eight-minute span that that game had changed. Oh, it was less but than the, one. Yeah. So, again, 
When you see that, that's where the game was lost right there in the third quarter. So I don't count that the missed 44 yard field goal in the fourth quarter as, as, as a, you know, I know it again, I know Steve and Denar, you always giving him a pass, but the thing about it, it was those 14 points is where they lost the game. So again, I don't understand. This was that lost last week, last Thursday. That's not only on the guys, because I thought the defense played well and the fact that they were able to stop them on a fourth and goal, that is hard to do. So you got to give defense a lot of credit. The bottom line is that's what we call a total team loss as well as an organizational loss because there's no way in the world that you can go cut a guy like Ron Allen. You bring Trevor Daniel in on such a short notice, a short week like that, and then basically insert him into the starting lineup. So everybody's got to take some blame for that loss. So I don't want people to be out there and they're saying, you know, uh, the defense did this, they didn't stop or they all, no, that's what you call everyone, even the people that's in the building that make those decisions as to who to cut and who to bring in. They have to share a lot of the blame as well. So now that it happened, or so now what you got to do is got to regroup. Okay. Because you got to, it's a tough stretch. Okay. So you got to make sure that you, you clean up the special team uh, mess right now, because it is a mess. And if that continues on, this team won't make the playoffs. So, again, if you want continuity anywhere, you want to know your special teams unit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we've talked about it in the past, how Brett Kern has pretty much been an MVP for this team whenever it comes to flipping the field position. And with him being out, it's it's caused issues. Now, granted, like we said, Ryan Allen did a really good job in the Bears game. The punting, Trevor Daniel had a good first punt, and then it was downhill from there. And I know we've mentioned it. We're kind of on different sides. I just... I don't feel confident at all if I know Steven Goskowski's going out there to kick. I know he's a veteran. I know he's been around. But at some point, you know, your your days are over. Like Adam Vinatieri, like he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But you just saw at the end of last year, it was his time. And and right now, statistically, Steven Goskowski's the worst kicker in the NFL. He's only kicking 60%. I find it very difficult. And again, I know you got to go out and find somebody else that it's like, well, you got to have an upgrade. I mean, at this point, I'm I'm willing to kind of take a chance. Uh, and, and I was kind of joking about it, but Steven's pretty good whenever it's from 50 yards or longer, but anything inside of that, it's like, it's anyone's guess. Like, what do you do? Do you just start taking false start penalties and delay games until you get it to where it's over a 50 yard kick each time? Like I, I joke in a way, but it's just, it's very frustrating whenever, you know, it's a guy who has been the best at his profession for years. And now he's really just hurting his Hall of Fame legacy by having his overall kicking percentage just continue to drop and hurt his record overall. And again, like that's that's something he cares about. But I know right now his number one priority is helping this team win football games. And and right now he's he's not doing a good job of that. Okay, so I'm gonna say this from my perspective. I like I love your opinion, but I'm gonna give you my opinion. Go for it, buddy. Okay. So that's what we're here this for. That's team, what we're okay. here to just just share <laughs> so our this opinions. team last year around this time, okay. What was the record last year? It's four and five. Yeah, through nine. Four and yeah. five after nine games. Mm-hmm. This year they're six and three and they're second in their division. Okay. This is a team that started off five and zero. Oh. When they started off five and zero, oh, there's one player that I can honestly say that has had a lot to do with that success. And that's Steven Gostowski. And this is what I'm going to do as a player, even as a coach. This is the guys that I'm going to battle with or the guys that I started with. And the guys that played in that last game, I'm not making any changes. And just like we did back in 2000, we had a kicker by the name of Al Del Greco who kicked for about 20 years in the league. He didn't have, he didn't have the best year in 2000. Okay. But that team went 13 and three. 
And as that team went 13 and three, we could have been 15 and one. We, there was a few games where we just didn't make the field. We didn't, wasn't able to convert um, on some field goals and that ended up costing us. But again, you got to roll with what you have. I'm not making any changes. I'm t- if I'm Mike Vrabel, I'm going into that locker room right now and I'm looking at every guy in that locker room and I'm saying, this is, these are the guys that we're going to go down the stretch with. When we play Baltimore, Indy, Cleveland, Jacksonville, uh, the Lions, Green Bay, and Houston, I'm going to battle with every guy that's in this locker room right now. And let me tell you something. If, if you really need some confidence, there's nothing in the world as a player to know that maybe I'm not doing as good as I would like to be doing. But when I know that I got the backing and the confidence of a coach, man, that can absolutely cause a stir or a roar inside of a guy. And I do believe that this team is going to get to where they want to eventually get to. It's going to be on the leg of Steven Gostowski. I'm saying it right now. I'm not making any changes. Now, I may make one change at punter because Ron Allen had a 50-yard pun average against the Bears. Now, that was on the organization. And that, to me, ultimately, it was what caused that game the other night. It wasn't the fact that Steven at 44, because we forgot that he made a 50-yarder to, to, to start the game with. So well, let's no. not, you know, and I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying this. I'm looking at Steven right now, and I'm saying, Steven, you're our man. You're our guy. I'm not going with nobody else. And I know from a stat, I can't get the words statistically out. You know, I, get, I get tongue-tied. <laughs> but I'm saying is that I'm going to go to battle. That's what I would do if I'm Mike Vrabel. I'm going to battle right down the stretch against Baltimore, Indy, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Lions, Green Bay, and Houston with what I have in that locker room right now. Well, let me ask you this then, Denard, because I know it's 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 been frustrating for fans, and Steven, he's had a couple of good games, but as a kicker in the NFL, I think anything under 80% is extremely problematic and should raise concern. Now, I know we've talked about Steven's legacy as a kicker in the NFL for a numerous amount of years on this program multiple times. The Titans, a couple of weeks ago, they were like, all right, Bo Brinkley, you're our longest tenured player. You're not getting it done. We're going to make a cut. So long snapper, they made the move there. They didn't even think Ryan Allen apparently was doing a good enough job, so they went out and they got another punter. Now, we all know once Brett Kern is healthy and is able to go, he's going to be starting. There's no question about that. So Tucker McCann, who is on the practice squad, but he's been on IR, so I don't know if they're waiting for him to get healthy. At what point, when do you make the move if it doesn't work for Steven? I mean, can he like can he go out there and miss three kicks next week against the Ravens that cost you the game, and you're like, all right, yeah, we're going to bring him back again? Like, In your opinion, where do you draw that line? When do you realize we got to go get another kicker? I know right now, especially as this is why I do not like kickers. <laughs> <laughs> you have been, you've, I don't even been on that, who, you've been on that take since day kick? one. You've been on that since day one. I know, but you know what, man? I'm I'm what you call a loyalist. I'm like loyal to a certain point because the Titans would not be in this position if it wasn't for Steven in the first place. That's, you, that's the bottom line. He has made some clutch field goals, man. So I have to take that in consideration. I understand there needs to be a move or at some point a change, but they made a terrible decision. And that's not on the players. That's on the coaches and that's on the general manager the fact that you would change I agree. punters. You had three I punters agree. in three weeks. Three punters in three weeks. The other night, that wasn't – the bottom line, that defense played lights out. 
But the fact that you shanked the punt and, and all the places, did you remember when we, I was talking to Ike Taylor and I said, there's nothing more demoralizing to a team than to sit there and to give your all on a fourth and goal or you, in, you hold a team to three points. That's a win for you. And then, you know, you stop a team and then all of a sudden your offense sputters on a third and one and they do a rollout, which nobody wanted to talk about that. You know, you got a 240 some pound running back. Why, why are you doing a rollout on third and one? So you put your defense already in a bad position and then you get the block punt. Sometimes that's on coaches. That's on the other unit. So the bottom line is this, is that instead of placing the finger, the way that this team is going to go forward is that they had a little break. Get yourself together, gather your composure, and say, listen, if we went off, we started off 5-0, and then why can't we go 5-0 and down the stretch? We can do it again. We've, we've done it before. It's not impossible, right? It's not impossible, no. So we go 5 So say we end up, how many games you got left? Seven? So we go 5-2. and two. What's the record there? 11-5? and five? Yeah, you're in the playoffs. No problem. You're in the playoffs. Bam, there you go. But That's the way coaches are looking at it right now. I, I hope so, and I hope they turn these things around because right now when you look at the AFC playoff race, it's it's super crowded, and we'll have a better picture coming up after this weekend of where things stand because right now, I, I said it on Monday, but right now if the playoffs were to start, Titans aren't making it, which is crazy to think about whenever you started the season 5-0. and There for a bit, you were number one in the AFC. You were going to have the one seed, and now you're looking at being out. Granted, you beat the Ravens this week. Colts got to play the the Packers so if or even if you you win against the Ravens they win against the Colts you lose against the Ravens they lose the Packers or the Colts lose to the Packers you'll have your opportunity the following week when you go back to Indy and you'll have your record all tied up and at that point you can take advantage and get the AFC South back which is the the first goal that the Titans need to accomplish this year just basically given where things had started where the expectations were coming into this season and so and you also, but I mean, you got the Cleveland Browns at six and three, Ravens six and three, Dolphins six and three, Raiders six and three, Colts six and three, and Buffalo seven and three. Uh, but you do have a tiebreaker there. They got a bye coming up. So this is all a very congested playoff race. And I know it's going to shake out. But if you're the Titans and you look at where the momentum lies for some of these teams compared to others, you're probably not feeling great. So the Titans need to go out and they need to give us a performance that's going to make us feel better moving forward. Yeah, you know what? Everybody's, what you just said, everybody, all 31 teams right now are saying the same thing. 32 teams, everybody's saying the Not same the Jets. thing. Not the well, Jets, okay. 31. I, can, you I know, Jets. You know what I was right. I, I wanted to, <laughs> okay, I don't want me to go to New York and get beat up. Hey, I, need, I, will we, I will say we need the Jets to keep losing because we don't need the Jacks to get Trevor Lawrence. Right. Okay. <laughs> man, y'all need to get off the Jets, man. Let, let me just say this, okay? We're going down with what coaches and players consider this is called the stretch, okay? This is where championship teams start to make their run. They don't make their run in December or January. They start in the month of November and December, okay? This is the most pivotal month right here in the National Football League. Why? Because this is what we call this is like bone on bone, dog on dog, okay? It's going to get ugly and it's going to hurt. But this is where we saw this team last year. Remember last year, they were four and five around this time, and they ended up just going off. What did they end up doing? Beating Kansas City, who would eventually win the Super Bowl. Beating Jacksonville. They beat the Colts, you know, but then they took the L to Houston. 
Then they lost to the Saints. So they lost two games. So they went, what, five and two down the stretch last well, year. The, I will say, in fairness, the Titans had Ryan Tannehill take over as quarterback. That made yeah. things change. And then I, I, I kind of throw the Saints game out there. The Saints, right. they just didn't play Derrick Henry. They're like, right. it didn't matter if you won or lost. All that mattered was the following week against Houston. But you still lost. So to take it like this. Why can't this team do the same thing this year? They can go 5-2. and two. Heck, they can go 7-0 and oh if they want to, Davey. We just don't know. But this is where teams start to separate themselves from one another. This is where everybody right now, this is called the meat and potatoes part of the schedule. November and December. This is the dog on dog right here in the National Football League, people. This is the way it works. This is where championship teams make their run. You don't make your run uh, at the end of December, January. This is where it starts right now because everything that this team wants to attain is well within their reach. They just got to go get it. That's why I say all the time that this is a game of attrition. That means you got to go get it. Nobody's going to give it to you. This is will on will, power on power, man on man, you know, and you just got to throw X's and O's out of it. This is what coaches are saying. Hey, we're in the meat and potatoes part of the schedule, guys. There's no other way to put it. You got to go get it. This is where you got to go get it. And this is what you love about the National Football League is these next seven weeks will determine what happens down the line as far as when we get into a playoff. Um, you know, who's gonna make who's in or who's out. All it right. starts right now. Denard, before we give our predictions for the Ravens game, you've kind of mentioned just this team, what it's gonna take. Last year it required the offense to have some pep in their step. The last four weeks, the Titans, as we mentioned, they're one and three, but they have not scored over thirty points in a game. The Titans have not lost a game when they score at least thirty points. So the offense has taken a step back, and I know you can look at that, and you can probably go a couple of different ways with it. With this Ravens game, obviously you're going to try to emulate what you did last year, get Derrick Henry going. If he's running over him like he did last year, you shouldn't have an issue. But moving forward, what what do the Titans' offense need to get back to to where we're getting? 30 points a game, this offense is moving, we're firing at a high clip. Where Where is that gone? I understand teams are going to adjust, but what do I need to see from this Titans offense moving forward to get me feeling optimistic again like I did towards the end of last year? D, I'm glad you asked me that question because I've been, there's one guy in particular that we was talking about earlier, earlier on. We were saying this guy was having a not only a Pro Bowl season, but I said that this one individual is setting himself apart from every tight end in the league, and that's Jonu. You know, where's John? I know he's been banged up. I know that. I know he's been hurt. But listen, you got to get Jonu Smith back into the game plan. When this team was rolling, when Ron was, when we were talking about him having an MVP uh, uh, seat the first part of the season, who was he getting the ball to? Jonu Smith. We, we've seen Anthony Ferkshire. We saw him merge as a, as a, as a stud. I love him. I love this guy. I love his game. But we got to get John. We've been missing that. We got to find a way to implement him, implement him back into the offense. We got to find that. Michael, you know, Michael Pruitt, we got to get him back in there. We got to get these tight ends back in the game plan. We got to utilize these, these, these monsters because they're so good, you know, and they've been kind of absent other than Anthony Ferkser. So again, John Smith, we got to have him. We got to have him big these next seven weeks. If not, everybody just basically line up and say, hey, there's Derek. Where's Derek? Where's Derek? And then that's what people are going to do. You got to have that 
that stud tight end. And that's what Jonu is. And, and so if Jonu gets back to healthy and playing the way he played at the first part of the season, this team is going, they're going to roll. Well, Michael Pruitt's still a little banged up from the injury he suffered in the Bears game. Yeah. We'll know a little bit more on him later on. Adam Humphrey still has to clear concussion protocol. Hopefully you're able to get him back. The good news is Darrington Evans finally activated off of IR. Hopefully able to see him. I will say that Jeremy McNichols, Deontay Foreman, I thought they have done a really good job in his absence. And so I got I got to give the running backs credit for the Titans at least. So maybe adding Evans can help Arthur Smith draw up some even more creative plays. Um, I, I know like I mentioned it the other day, but who knows how that game goes if A.J. Brown doesn't drop that touchdown on the second drive and the Titans go up to a 14 nothing lead. It's like, you might be able to rewrite the entire game at that point, but hey, we it's not something we can go back and do. But yeah, I need to see this offense get going and maybe going back to Baltimore is a place to where we will get that performance uh, from Derrick Henry again. And if they can at least get things going and get a W, even if they have to eke it out against the Ravens, I know that the fan base is going to be feeling a lot better heading into that matchup, matchup number two with the Colts on the year, for what possibly and likely could be for the AFC South title. So a lot to keep an eye on. Denard and I will be here to give it all to you. But Denard, before we go, what happens this Sunday when the Titans head to MT&T Bank Stadium? I think that's right. I don't know. We'll go with it, whatever. Whenever they head to Baltimore and they take on the Ravens, what are we going to see happen? If this team... If they play like they played last year at the divisional playoff game, which means our front absolutely dominates their front, they're going to win this game. If not, and I'm telling you right now, this game is going to come down to the trenches, just like last year. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, uh, Khalif Raymond, the bomb that, um, uh, that Ryan threw to him that make it 14 to zero. It wasn't Derek's long run. It's the fact that. The defensive line last year basically dismantled Baltus, Baltimore Ravens offensive line. If our defensive line shows up Sunday, this game is over. I don't care about Baltimore's record. And if I'm Jeffrey Simmons right now and I'm Jadavion Clowney, I'm Harold Landry, I'm saying, listen, this game is on our back. We got to take over. If that unit takes over Sunday, the Titans will win this game. So are you going to predict a Titans win? If the front shows up, <laughs> I, I got to have more than that. Did they, they win okay. or they don't? I'm, I'm going to say this because I'm not. I'm a. I'm a loyal guy, and I and I rolled with them last week. You you pick Indy. I just want people to know that. I'm going to go Tennessee. They're going to be mad All this right. game. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm going to throw it. That's why I tried to shut. I, I said I wish I wasn't though. I know. I'm going. Tennessee's going to win this game. Um, I got 24-17. The Titans going to take this game. The only game in Mike Vrabel's career where I think he's had at least 10 days of rest coming off of a performance, he's won. Uh, the, the only time was, I believe, his first game as a Titan. So I, I'm feeling optimistic that this team did some soul-searching over the course of this long weekend. I, I do like this staff. I know I kind of wish they had a defensive coordinator, but overall— I like what Mike Vrabel's been able to do in his time here, and I do think he's going to have this team ready to play. Now, Baltimore's going to be looking for revenge. They're going to be frustrated with one how they played against the Ra- or how they played against the Patriots on Sunday night, and then adding on top of how they had their season end last year. So they're going to be coming out 
looking to get back at the Titans, but I, I'm going to give the edge to the Titans right now, man. I, I think they've at least done a pretty good job of stopping mobile quarterbacks over the last couple of seasons, and I'm I'm going to roll with the Titans. I think it's still a lower-scoring game, but give me the Titans with a, I'm going to go with a random score here, but 26-23 to 23 win over the Ravens. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. But hopefully the Titans get things turned around. They get back to their winning ways. And then we're able to recap a victory as we get ready to head into the second matchup with the Colts. But that is going to do it for us today. Went a little bit longer than usual. But hey, a lot to talk about. A lot to prepare for. And so, hey, we don't get football every weekend. I mean, we're already halfway through the season. So you got to enjoy it while you can. Soak it all up. And Denard and I, as always, will be here keeping you updated on the latest and greatest whenever it comes to your Tennessee Titans. But that is going to do it for us today. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. We appreciate you joining us. You've been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.